I'm so honored to be here with you. At one prayer, we're so excited about the opportunity to speak to people all over the world. It's really amazing to me that God has put this, this uh, gathering and how that we're able to speak and know that churches all over the world are going to be impacted. I was honored to be a part of it last year, and I feel honored to be able to speak into your church this year. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 10. And uh, I want to share with you on God is able. Now, I've got a great group right here in front of me. And I want you, wherever you're listening to me, to say that out loud with me, would you? God is able. Now look with me in Joshua chapter 10. I want to go to Joshua chapter 10. And I just want to read uh, two verses of Scripture. Verse 25 Actually, let's back up to verse 24. And it came to pass when they brought out the kings unto Joshua that Joshua called for all of the men of Israel and the captains of war. And he said, Come near and put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for this is what the Lord will do to all of your enemies against whom you shall fight. And afterward, Joshua smote them, slew them, hanged them on five trees. I was reading this some days ago, and I was thinking about how that our God is able. He's able to overcome. He's able to conquer. He's able to empower us to do the impossible. And before we can have ultimate victory in our lives... We're going to have to overcome the same five kings that Joshua had to overcome. The Bible said that there were five kings that had stopped God's people from progressing and obtaining the promised land. And Joshua said, we finally got these five kings. They were hiding in a cave. He said, number one, you've got to drag out these kings into the light. They're hiding in the darkness. They're lurking in the darkness, keeping my people in defeat. Drag them out of the cave. Subdue them. Then he said something strange. Put your foot on the neck of these five kings and slay them, destroy them, hang them on a tree. I was thinking about these five kings and how he said, be strong and be very courageous and don't be afraid. That one, that one word there, he said, you're not to be dismayed. That's not a word that we use a lot now, but it literally means to fall apart. Don't let what you're dealing with, don't let what you're facing cause you to be afraid. Fear is a dark room where you develop your negatives. He said, don't fall apart. Don't freak out because you're facing a, an impossibility, because you're facing a great opposition. Don't be afraid. Your God is able but you've got to get victory over these five kings, okay? Well, what do these five kings represent to you and I? I believe they represent the five senses. I believe that if we're going to win the battle of faith, if we're going to see our families blessed, our lives blessed, if we're going to see the favor and the blessing of God and we're going to be used to build great churches, we've got to overcome these five kings. And you know, the five senses, I believe, represent those five kings. They are faith killers. They lurk in the darkness. And these five kings that are our five senses, you know, the five senses, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can taste, what you can smell, what you can feel, 
are good evangelists for unbelief. Because if you allow them, the five senses will talk you out of what God's Word promises you. And so what we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to put our foot on the neck of the five senses and subdue them and say, you're not going to steal from me what I know God's Word has promised me. So I want us to go through these five senses for just a moment. These five kings that you must conquer if you're going to win the fight. And I thought about how that the first sense that I want to deal with is the sense of smell. Do you know that uh, in Daniel chapter 3, the Bible said that the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace. And when God brought them out of the fiery furnace, not a hair on their head was, was burned. And the scripture makes an interesting note. And it said there was not the smell of smoke. In other words, they went through a circumstance where they should have got burned and smelled like smoke, but they came through that fiery situation without the smell of smoke. The first thing you got to do is be able to get your foot on the sense of smell. God doesn't want you to go through fiery trials and smell like them the rest of your life. Have you ever met people who've been through a fiery trial and every time you get around them, that's all they talk about, that's all they complain about, that's all they whine about? Well, maybe you got burned in a relationship or you got burned in a business deal or you got burned at a church because some preacher was a hypocrite or somebody hurt you and now you judge everybody that same way. If you're going to have victory in the faith fight, you've got to get victory over what you smell. I don't want to smell like everything I've been through. I, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff in ministry. And I believe that's why the priest had to burn incense. Because the incense, you, you, you know, you because know, as people in ministry, we, we can take home the smell of our work. You know, dealing with problems, dealing with Sister Bucket Mouth, dealing with, you know, de dealing with all the issues that we deal with. I don't want to take home to my kids the smell of, of, of can you imagine how they smelled the blood, the gore, all that those priests had to do in the Old Testament? And so God said to kill the smell of ministry, burn incense. That's why we ought to be worshipers because worship is a type of burning incense. And we've got to get victory over smell. Do you remember in Luke chapter 11, the Bible said that, that uh, Lazarus was, was dead three days. And do you remember what they said? Jesus said, remove the, remove the stone. Now listen, when they said by now he stinketh, that was a statement of unbelief because Jesus had already said, move the stone. I don't care what condition he's in. Literally what Jesus was, said, was saying is it stinks, but still believe. Maybe your marriage stinks, but still believe. Maybe your finances stink right now, but still believe. Maybe your children are going through a season where it seems like they just can't get their act together and you feel like giving up. But the first thing you've got to do if you're going to conquer, because our God is able, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel, in spite of what we smell, in spite of what we sense, in spite of what we feel, the truth is our God is able. Can I get an amen right there? But... But if you're not careful, you'll let that king 
You know, I, I heard about uh, I heard about one one uh, grandchildren went into their old grandpa, and he had a he had one of these long mustaches. I think they call them handlebar mustaches. And he took some of that lime burger cheese, you know, the kind that really stinks. Those mean little brats, and they put it on his mustache while he was taking a nap. And they said he woke up and he and, and he said, this bedroom stinks and then he went in the kitchen and sat down at the table and took a big whiff and said Phew, this kitchen stinks and then he stepped outside in his backyard and said Phew, the whole world stinks and you know, if you're not careful, you go through so much stuff. You get burned by so many people. You go through so many situations that you start going around with an old stinky attitude and old stinky words and that negative attitude. And the word of the Lord to you today is just because you've been through the fire, you don't have to smell like it. Burn some incense of praise and thank God you've still got a future. There's a second king that we've got to get our foot on. The second king I want to talk about is the, the, the sense of what, we, of, what we, of what we feel. You know, one of the five senses is the sense of touch. And if you don't watch it, you will begin to get into your feelings more than faith. And it's a real enemy of faith, the sense of feelings and touch. Do you remember the story of Jacob? And how that he was on his uh, deathbed, the Bible said, and he had gone blind. And the scripture said that, that uh, they came in and, and actually it was Isaac uh, that, was, that was there. And he had gone blind. He was an old man. And Jacob, his son, came in. And the scripture said that uh, Jacob wanted to deceive his father, so he took goat hair. You remember that? Y'all with me? Y'all ever read the Bible? You read the Bible? Okay. <laughs> And, and he had goat hair because his daddy was blind. And so he walked into his bedroom trying to steal the birthright. And, he, and his blind daddy said, who is it? And he said, it's me, dad. It's your oldest brother, Esau, who you're supposed to give the blessing to. And the scripture said the old man reached up and started filling of his arm because he knew his oldest boy, Esau, was a hairy man. Now, here's what he said that's interesting. He said, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And he decided to go on his feelings instead of what he was hearing. And he gave the blessing to the wrong son. My point is simply this. If we go by what we feel instead of what we hear from God's word, we will miss it every time. We've got to get to the place that we get beyond our feelings. You see, your fickle feelings will mess you up. Sometimes in church you get your feelings hurt. Sometimes in ministry you get your feelings hurt. Sometimes in marriage you absolutely will get your feelings hurt. But we've got to learn how to subdue our feelings. We've got to put our foot on the neck of our feelings and say, I can't let my feelings stop me. Just because I didn't get the solo in the praise team, I'm not going to quit the praise team. Just because pastor gave this job to that person instead of me, I'm not going to let my feelings get so hurt that I'm going to stop working for the kingdom. I'm not working for pastor I'm working for Jesus we got to get victory over our feelings do you know do you know uh, on Noah's ark all those animals 
natural predators of one another and you don't read of one fight breaking out on that ark? You know why? Because all those animals understood there's only one boat in this storm. <laughs> there's only one boat and we're in this together and we can't afford to be fighting one another. And the last command that God gave Noah before he shut the door was keep the woodpeckers above the waterline. Why? Because every church, every ministry, every business has a few, a couple of woodpeckers that'll get below the waterline and get to pecking away and sink the whole thing. Because they got their feelings hurt. We can't allow our feelings to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. And if you've had your feelings hurt, what they said, he said, she said, they hurt my feelings. Oh, well, you just don't know. You have to put your foot on the neck of those feelings and say, you know what, I'm going to go on anyhow. If you don't, you're going to live a life of defeat. There's a third king that we got to put our foot on. Not just what we feel and not just what we smell, but what about what we see. One of the five senses is seeing and it will talk you out. See the Bible said we walk by faith not by sight. And in the scripture there's an interesting story of an old prophet in the Old Testament and the Bible said that he was surrounded by the Assyrian soldiers and he turned to his servant and said walk out there and tell me what you see. And the boy walked out and he saw the enemy's chariots completely surrounding the house and he walked in and he said oh my oh my what are we going to do prophet they've got us surrounded and he prayed Elisha prayed an interesting prayer he said Lord open his eyes open his eyes and he walked right back out on the same porch but this time not only did he see ground level see that's our problem when we get in a battle all we see is ground level but as believers we are to lift up our eyes unto the hills from which comes our help our help is the Lord and I'm saying to you when you get a bad report when you get a bad x-ray when you get something going on in your family in your home and you've got an impossibility when you're facing a difficulty that seems too big for you to overcome you cannot allow what you feel what you smell what you see to talk you out of what God has promised you ultimately God has promised you victory in your life you may go through this and that you may go through the fire and through the flood but ultimately God has planned no defeat for his children even in death the scripture said to live is Christ but to die is gain and so we cannot be deterred by what we see and the Bible Bible said when he walked out he didn't just see the Syrian troops but he lifted up his eyes and he saw chariots with angels coming down and I don't know what you're seeing you're, you may be seeing the enemy but if you'll pray and look through faith you don't just have to see the enemy you can see angels you don't just have to see problems you can see promises and you have to choose what are you going to focus on are you going to focus on the problem or are you going to focus on the promise what are you looking at what are you seeing what are you focusing on? God's word is just as real as the bad report. I heard the story about a chicken yard and a hen, hen house and how that there was uh, this rooster and he had all of his hens laying eggs. And one day there were two little boys next door playing football and they just got a brand new white 
football for Christmas and they accidentally kicked the football over the fence and it rolled into the hen yard. And that rooster got to looking at that big old white football and called all the hens out. Come on out here, girls. And they all stood around. And he said, now, girls, I don't mean to be negative, but this is the kind of eggs they're producing next door. You need to get with it. And, and if we're not careful, we'll get to looking at Craig Groeschel's church and this church and that church and how good somebody else is doing. And we don't focus on what blessings God has for our life. Get your foot on what you see. And say, Lord, I believe what you said is true. Give me a big amen right there. There's another king that we're going to talk about. How many of you got your foot on what you see now? Come on. I'm not going to be talked out of my miracle. You know, I, I remember when we went to Orange County uh, about a year and a half ago. In my first service, we had about 100 people. And... Um, I mean, it's discouraging, isn't it? You know, I, I thought they would hear I was coming and come by the thousands. And, and nobody, nobody showed up. A hundred people. It was ridiculous. I flew 3,000 miles for a hundred people. And I'm telling you, I had to start fighting that king, what you see. That's not what I told you. I didn't tell you that I was sending you to Orange County for a little thing. I'm sending you to reach a mighty harvest. And I had to constantly put my neck on the foot of what I saw. On the foot of what I felt. Because there are Sundays when I preach two times in Georgia and hop on the plane that I didn't feel like going to California. But I knew in my soul God said, go. And so we would go. And I'd walk in and we'd be putting the chairs out sometimes. And I was thinking to myself, is anybody even going to come? But they just, you can't go by what you see. You go by what God says. And God is faithful. God is faithful. We had almost 2,000 there Sunday night. God is faithful. Now listen, listen. There's another king that we've got to get our foot on. What you hear. Isn't that a big one? What you hear. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you allow to cross the bridge of your ear into your spirit because it can contaminate your faith. And I was thinking about how that the scripture talks about that we have to control our hearing. We have to get victory over what we hear. And in the Old Testament, there's another great story about how that the Scripture talks about Elijah and how that everybody was saying recession. Everybody was saying poverty. Everybody was saying there was a famine in the land. And everybody was saying layoff. And everybody was saying it's bad. And on top of that, you're probably going to catch the swine flu too. You're going to lose your job. You're going to get the swine flu. You're going to lose everything. You're not going to make it. And right in the middle of all those bad reports, ABC, NBC, woe is me, TV. Right in the middle of all of it, the prophet said, I hear the sound of abundance an abundance of rain see I'm talking about faith people I'm talking about believers who just don't join in with the negative spirit of the world 
We have to put our foot on what we see and what we feel and what we smell and even what we keep hearing every day. He said, I hear another sound. I'm tuned in to another frequency. And I know it's not mind over matter. It's faith over unbelief. It's believing God's word and what he says over what everybody else says. Because God has this problem. He thinks he's God. And he says, I don't care what everybody else says. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. We've got to get to that place that we can put our foot on what we hear. I thought about how that David was standing about to go out into a battle and the scripture said that David was told by God, wait until you hear the sound of moving in the top of the bushes. And when you hear that sound, then go out. I have gone before you with my angel armies. Now, I don't know what you're hearing, but I hear a moving in the mulberry bushes. I hear the sound of victory coming. Oh, come on now. I hear, I hear the sound of blessing coming. I hear the sound of favor coming. I hear the sound of healing coming. I hear the sound of blessed children rising up, serving Christ. I'm not going to, well, you know, you just got to accept that those kids are probably going to, I'm not going to listen to all that stuff. I believe his report. And as believers, we are not to allow the enemy to get us to just succumb to what he shows us and what he feeds our ears with. You remember the story of Jesus when when uh, the voice boomed out of heaven and said, said, spoke to Jesus, the Bible said, and the scripture said, and some heard thunder. But he was hearing the voice of God. Do you know right now in this room and in that room where, where you're watching me, there are some people who hear thunder is just a racket. They just hear in praise and worship racket. They just hear in the teaching of your pastor a bunch of words. But there are other people who hear the voice of God. And I'm telling you, the amazing thing is when we get victory over our hearing and say, Lord, I'm going to tune in to your report. I believe what you're saying. You say, well, you don't know what kind of bad news I've got. Well, I want to tell you this. Our God is able, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you hear, in spite of what you smell, in spite of what you see, our God is is able to turn it around. And then lastly, we've got to get victory over the fifth king, and it's the king of taste. I thought about how that in the Old Testament, the Bible said that there was a pot of stew, and they started eating it, and they discovered that it was poison. You ever read that story? And the Bible said, the prophet said, put meal in the poison stew. Meal represents the bread of life, which is the word of God. Whatever's poison in your life, take some word and put it in it. Your marriage poison, put some meal in the stew. Your children not acting right, start praying back to God what God has already said to you. See, you've got to understand this. Faith 
places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. Would you say that with me? Faith places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. Come on, you're going to say it bold now. Faith no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. So take meal, take word and put it into your poison. Instead of getting up every day and saying, well, I'm going to go. I know I'm not going to get any business. I'm not going to sell anything, no contract. Take the word and put it. Get you some scriptures and put it in your poison situation. you got to get victory over taste. I thought, about, I thought about how Jesus was on the cross. And do you remember what the scripture said they tried to do? They took a sponge and dipped it in vinegar and gall and pressed it to the master's lips as he was hanging on the cross. Now, vinegar and gall was bitter. It's a bitter taste. What they were doing was saying, we want you because we have crucified you to become bitter and to take in bitterness because of what we've done to you. And Jesus hanging on the cross when they pressed that bitter sponge to his lips refused to drink it, the scripture said. At that moment, Jesus got victory over the fifth king. He was saying, you've hurt me, you've done me wrong, you've inflicted pain on me, I, I, I'm innocent in this situation, but I refuse to become bitter at you. And there are many of you that have been done wrong and you've been hurt, but let me tell you, when you get victory in your life is when you can put your foot on that situation that Satan sent to make you bitter, to make you angry, to make you a, a, an upset, tense, messed up, mad person, and you put your foot on the on the, the king of taste and you say, I refuse to take bitterness in because the power of Christ rests in me. I can forgive. I can love my enemies. I can do good to those who have done wrong against me. That's the power of a faith-filled life. And so here's what we're going to do in closing. We're going to get victory over these five kings. I don't know what you're facing I don't know what the enemy's showing you. I don't know what negative circumstances seem overwhelming. I was thinking about uh, David and Goliath the other day. And you know, I've heard so many great sermons on David and Goliath. I had a guy come to my church one time and preach a message on why David picked up five stones. And he proved biblically, and he, it's in your Bible, he proved biblically that David had four brothers. And he was going to wipe out the whole family. He said, I'm not just going to kill Goliath, but if his brothers want to pick a fight, bring it on. That's, that's pretty clear. That's a good point, isn't it? Then I heard another guy preach, and he said, the five stones represent the letters and the name that would come that would bring deliverance from the Goliath of sin. J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. That, that's good. All you need is a, is a Hammond organ and, and a Pentecostal crowd, and you could have church. But you want to know why I think, why I think David picked up four more stones than he needed? Because he was scared he would miss. It doesn't take a lot of faith. 
It just takes mustard seed faith. Just a little faith. You you don't have to have great faith. Just a little faith. One day I read that and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, always remember, I'll never send you into a battle against a great, gigantic problem that I don't just give you enough to defeat him with. I'll give you more than enough. One stone would have been enough, but I'll give you more than enough. How many of you know we serve the God of more than enough? How many of you know our God is able? I wish you'd shout wherever you are right now. Our God is able. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we take authority over the five kings, the faith killers that lurk in the dark places of our life when we're going through the tough seasons and and those times when we need to go to the next level of the dream that you've given us. But the five kings come and try to steal our faith and steal the call and steal the purpose that you placed in us. I speak now that in the name of Jesus, we put our foot on the neck of those five kings. They'll not hold you. They'll not bind you. You will not be afraid. You will not fall apart. You will go out. You have more than enough to defeat your Goliath. And by faith, all things are possible unto you. If you believe that, I wish you would put your hands together and give God the greatest praise. God is... Abel. Give him praise right now.